Since the pandemic started, California is seeing an exodus, a mass exodus. It's not just people leaving the Golden State. More tech companies are also packing their bags and moving their headquarters to other states. Getting away from the Golden State, business and individuals fleeing California in droves. I'm Damian Bola. Today on Fifth and Mission, a deeper look at a place where more than a few Californians have been moving, especially during the pandemic. No, not Portland, that's yesterday's news. The hot migration destination is Austin. Even as San Francisco shrinks slightly, the capital city of Texas grows by about 180 people every day. A lot of them are Bay Area residents looking to escape our traffic and find a home that they can actually afford. Many either work remotely or for companies that have made Austin a high-tech hub. But as my guest, Chronicle reporter Roland Lee explains, Texas has some downsides beyond the sometimes oppressive heat and humidity and the inferior sports teams. The state, and Austin in particular, are now seeing some of the same problems we're familiar with here in California. Explosive growth, a hot housing market, gentrification, and presumably $6 cappuccinos. Roland Lee, how are you? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming back, Roland. I have to ask you before we get into it, was this a reporting trip or were you, in fact, scouting out possible homes? I <laughs> uh, don't think I can afford any of the homes there either, but I did enjoy the barbecue a lot. Uh, it was pretty amazing. All right. Barbecue. Okay. Sounds good. So, Roland, let's start with talking about your trip. Tell me about the people you met. Uh, tell me about folks that are moving to Austin and why they're doing that. Yeah, I mean, the home prices have been shooting up there, but they're still, you know, roughly half of what they are in the Bay Area. Um, average or median home price is about $550,000 in Austin. Uh, that's up 35% a year, but, um, you know, still a pretty big discount. And, you know, people that were moving there, um, they're saying they have access to better schools. Um, they still have the nature, they have good food, culture, music. And they aren't really feeling like they're giving up any career move opportunities because of remote work and the fact that there's a lot of tech opportunities there as well. You had an incredible anecdote in your reporting about a real estate agent who said in bidding wars in Austin, it's often Californians who win. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these buyers are coming in um, after selling their house in California for maybe like a million dollars. And now they can actually, you know, save maybe half of that and also still um, bid on a new house in Texas and still, um, you know, offer all cash. And that gives them a huge leg up. Um, they're used to, you know, being aggressive and kind of fighting through a crowd of people trying to get a house. Um, whereas he said, you know, Texans are used to a more calm real estate market and it's not quite the same frenzy. Yes, we are pros out here. Roland, let's get into the numbers. How big exactly was this Bay Area exodus to Austin? Yeah, so we looked at um, U.S. Postal Service data, so people that decided to change addresses to another location. I mean, our conclusion was really uh, the migration patterns aren't that different compared to pre-pandemic. Uh, you know, 96% plus of people who changed addresses out of the, the Bay Area stayed within California. I think around 80% of them stayed within the Bay Area and just moved a county away um, or even within the same city. Uh, so the the big two destinations were uh, Washington State, uh, especially the Seattle area, which is a huge tech hub. Uh, that was the top destination. And then we saw about 750 households um, going to Texas. And this was between, I think, uh, March to November, roughly. So kind of 
you know, most of the pandemic time last year. So it's not a huge amount, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely become like one of the most popular destinations. Uh, I think it is definitely, it's becoming a really appealing destination. Um, and you're seeing that reflected in the home price changes too. And Austin is really booming. Tell, tell us about what you found. They're sort of having some growing pains, right? Yeah, I mean, there's all these cranes downtown. Um, there's this really huge tower that was actually designed by the same architect as Salesforce Tower. Um, and there's uh, it's been completely leased by Google. So you know, just there's an example of tech expansion. Um, Elon Musk moved to Texas from California, and he also has a huge uh, Tesla Gigafactory on the east side going up by the highway. Um, they're expecting to hire 5,000 people there at least, which is you know, a huge expansion. Um, Apple has another huge campus going up. And then I think one of the biggest kind of freakouts uh, in the Bay Area was when Oracle moved their headquarters uh, from Silicon Valley to Austin. Um, so I think that was, you know, one of the biggest names in tech. Um, not necessarily the, the fastest growing company these days, but still like a huge you know, behemoth company um, that was pretty central to Silicon Valley's rise uh, going over there. So I think, yeah, the, the tech names, I mean, pretty much like any big tech name is in Austin and a lot of them are growing. And you mentioned taxes. I mean, that's something you hear from a lot of people that are moving to Texas. They don't want to pay state income taxes, but it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a pretty big draw. But I think the biggest the biggest kind of difference maker is the housing costs. The property taxes are a bit higher than go up to uh, over 3% in some cases depending on where you live, uh, whereas California, the base level is 1%, and that doesn't change. The office rents are a lot cheaper. Um, they can also pay their workers less because you know, housing costs are cheaper. And um, Texas is definitely also given some tax incentives to some companies to grow. So yeah, I think the, the cost structure is definitely, uh, you know, it's more affordable for sure. So they don't have anything like our Proposition 13 that keeps property taxes low. They just go up with the value of your home. Yeah, so I think every year they reassess the the home value, whereas in California they only get reset, reassessed if you sell or if you build something new. So I think that's a huge difference. And um, you know, one uh, professor I talked to who actually used to study at UC Berkeley, um, he's now at UT Austin. He was saying, um, you know, in some ways, homeowners and also renters are less protected if the real estate market goes really crazy like it is now. Uh, there's also no rent control that's banned. Um, in Texas, and you also can't require um, new buildings to have a certain percentage of affordable units because that's also uh, illegal because of the state law. So there's definitely some tension between you know Austin being a pretty blue city and then the state being very red and kind of uh, you know touting this lack of regulation. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more with Roland Lee on Californians moving to Austin, Texas, on Fifth and Mission right after this. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle reporter Roland Lee. We're talking about Californians moving to Austin, Texas. Perhaps you are thinking about the same move. I know Roland, uh, I'm trying to get to the bottom of whether he is. Uh, Roland, some positives and some negatives when you talk to a lot of people in Austin about the growth. Let's start with the positives. What were some of the things that people cited when they talked about enjoying Austin, Texas, as opposed to California? Yeah, I think there's really this long history of the arts. You know, it's, they call themselves the music capital of the world. Um, there's the South by Southwest Festival, which started out as a big music festival, and now it's, you know, 
quite a, a big tech scene too. Uh, Austin City, City Limits is coming back this fall. Um, you know, there's all these bars with live music. Um, it's just, you know, fun place to be. Um, I think the, the kind of ease of living is also, uh, you know, part of it. You know, there's, there's also just, you know, pretty decent nature and outdoor activities. There's uh, kind of a sense of community in a lot of these uh, more suburban areas uh, on the outskirts of t- Texas. So I think, you know, it's appealing to families as well as young people. Um, and then you add just the job opportunities as well. And I think um, it's a pretty powerful draw. But you also mentioned that they're going through a lot of the things that California has seen in the past in Austin. And that starts with real estate being really hot, as we saw in Oregon a number of years ago. And, you know, a place that was prized for its real estate started to get intense interest. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, even though Texas is known as a really um, lightly regulated state, uh, there's still a lot of restrictions on where you can build um, you know, bigger buildings and more housing in Austin. Uh, their building codes go back to most of the 1980s. And there's been this movement, um, sort of like the Yimbies in the Bay Area, to increase density. But you know, there's been lawsuits, uh, backlash from homeowners, and they haven't really you know, passed any new changes. Transit is also you know, for sure a challenge. There are you know, some buses and trains, but uh, no subway system. Uh, that could definitely change. Uh, there was a huge uh, $7 billion uh, ballot measure last fall that passed, and that's going to fund uh, three new rail lines, a subway system into downtown for the first time, but it's going to take about a decade to build. So um, there still be, will be a lot of pressure. Uh, and then homelessness is just you know huge issue. In a lot of cities, uh, we saw that really pretty visibly last month because the voters just banned camping. Um, they made it illegal again after the city council had made it okay for a couple of years. So there was actually protests right around city hall uh, with all these tents kind of spread, which I think is kind of, you know, what we're seeing in San Francisco as well. Um, you know, just that juxtaposition of, you know, city hall, all these kind of big office towers, and then just next to them in the park, uh, homeless tents. So, uh, you know, the, the city has this plan to build 3,000 new homes for the homeless over uh, the next few years. Uh, they think that, you know, that will help relieve it and um, put them in a, in a better position than the West Coast cities. But I think we're going to have to see what happens. Well, you write that the median home price surged 35% in May when you compare it to last year. I mean, that's going to bring a lot of displacement. Uh, there's concern about gentrification. And obviously, Austin has always been known as sort of an eccentric keep Austin weird kind of place. How much concern is there about that? Yeah, it's definitely an issue, um, you know, especially East Austin, which has historically been a, a poorer area, um, but it's right next to downtown. Um, you know, a lot of black and Latino residents um, are feeling pressure. Uh, I think it's very similar to, you know, the mission and kind of what happened there. You know, I, I think the the kind of forecast is that it's not going to get as bad as the Bay Area, but it's still suffering through a lot of the same issues. Uh, one big difference is that there is room to sprawl out. Um, there's no mountains or ocean to block, you know, more neighborhoods from going out. I think we're seeing a lot of changes that happened um, in parts of the Bay Area and just like other cities around the country. So I think it'll be interesting to see if Austin can kind of escape, you know, some of the more severe unaffordability issues that we've seen. Last question for you. I mean, you've covered uh, Silicon Valley quite a bit. 
can places like Austin around the country, these new tech hubs, can they compete with California and is it a threat? Yeah. So from talking to the mayor of Austin and some local tech entrepreneurs, um, you know, I've getting the sense that, you know, they're doing really well, but they don't see the Bay Area as something that they need to you know, fight and replace. Um, you know, I think they, they acknowledge that, you know, the biggest tech companies are still in the Bay Area. That's not going to go away. But they think that Austin can thrive as well. Um, there's enough tech growth, you know, kind of everywhere that they can really benefit from that. And they've really become, you know, somewhere from kind of a maybe top of the tier two city list to uh, among the tier one tech pubs now in the country. So, um, you know, I think they're very happy with the, the growth they're seeing um, as far as jobs and investment. And um, they just want to avoid the more uh, negative effects that have been seen in the Bay Area from growth. All right. So California will survive from your understanding. Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, a lot of kind of doomsday scenario at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, $50, $50 billion deficit. Um, but now our, our surplus is like a um, hundred billion now. Um, if, if you had the federal aid, you know, there's been all these huge IPOs from like Airbnb. So I think, yeah, like California has, the economy has definitely weathered the pandemic um, in a lot of ways. Sure, people have moved, but, um, you know, there's still a lot of growth in California, too. All right, Roland, thanks a lot. Thanks for doing the reporting. Thanks for coming back to us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle reporter Roland Lee, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs>